Yes, believe it or not, and we do believe it, that there is a war and it is raging, and Lord God, you are in control. So we thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share your word, your truth, uh, the truth of your word, who you are, and that you give us eyes and ears to see and to hear, to understand that our hearts will be changed from fearful and anxious and doubting to knowing and believing and resting in you. I thank you, Lord, that you already proved your love for us when you laid down your life Uh, You didn't have to do that, but you did that because you wanted us to be with you forever in heaven. And so thank you for making that way, taking the hits for us, Father God. And thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the dead. You you promised to come back, and you are coming back, and we're very sure of that, even even as these days begin to reveal the, the time of your returning. We thank you, Lord, for the promises you've given us over all the power of the enemy to bind, to loose, to love, to forgive. Uh, and, and we thank you, Lord, that we can do those things. We can forbid the enemy. We can continue to trust you and declare your work, your goodness, your will, your mission, your message to the people. This is awesome. What is It is real. I thank you, Lord, for the promise, too, that you've given us that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that you are our refuge and strength, the very present help in time of trouble. I thank you, Lord God, that you protect all that pertains to us, including our loved ones and families and those who work with us and for us. Father God, that you would bless everyone who loves you and that the remnant would be instructed today in the ways of righteousness and wisdom and truth. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for giving us words that will uh, make sense to the hearts and ears of the people and that you, it will be concise, it will be um, clear, and that you will be glorified. And we ask again for your wisdom and the outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon this world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, before we get started, I just want to remind you of our website, liferecovery.com, and you'll find all kinds of good things on there. Lots of, of teachings and blogs and CDs that in, the, in the store. We now have the full uh, set of God on Trial available, all 28 episodes. You can either download it as an MP3 for two ninety nine each. Oh, what a deal. And or you can buy the whole set uh, on CD, on discs. So why don't you check that out for your kids, for yourself? It'll be very encouraging, very entertaining, very enlightening and instructing in the ways of righteousness. And so with that, hey, good morning. Well, good morning. Good morning. It's well, a beautiful morning, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it is a beautiful, beautiful morning. We finally overcame winter. It finally went away. Yes. I don't think it's coming back. Hallelujah. Thank God for the sunshine. The birds are singing. The blue sky. God the is love good. Of God, the goodness of God, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of people, you know, challenge the goodness, the goodness of, of God. God. Yes, are not do. aware of the goodness of God. And the uh, Satan, our enemy, likes to block out the whole reality, the truth of, of who, the goodness of, of God. Who God is, yeah. 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 And it's like too in, in troubled times and difficulties, pressures that people face, you know, a lot of a lot of just chaos. A lot of just Do, doubt. Doubt. Anxiety. Overwhelming chaos that comes. And it's sometimes people ask the question like was the psalmist asked in Psalm ten verse one Why do you, referring to the Lord, why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? So in times of trouble, oftentimes we think of that God is very distant, distant mm-hmm. or uncaring, or actually he is 
creating the trouble mm-hmm. for us. Well, you know, or and against the, uh, us. Yeah, and 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 so this sets up a barrier between us and God. And a lot of the time, that big looming question that Satan always puts in our mind is. Um, why is God letting all these bad things happen? Why is God letting all this bad stuff happen to me personally or to the world or whatever? And then in Jeremiah we read, um, and you know, Jeremiah is talking in the midst of lots of trouble. In chapter 17, he said, verse 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, um, etc., etc., and it shall not cease from yielding its fruit. Um, and then in chapter 16 of Jeremiah, he says, Oh Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction. Now, he then he goes on to say, The Gentiles shall come to you from the ends of the earth and say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, worthless and unprofitable things. Uh, will a man make gods for himself which are not gods? So we're, we're, we have this challenge of God and gods. We have this challenge of can we trust God? Um, are we trusting God? And, and he, he says you're blessed if you trust, but then we see God doing all these things or we think we're attributing to God all these nasty things. He's not answering my prayers. I'm still sick. I, I prayed for so-and-so and they died. All of these kinds of things that Satan is using to um, wreck or deteriorate or call, call into question our relationship with God. Well, and, sometimes what happens is that we have this, there's so many different false concepts of who God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and of course, he's rever- revealed him accurately through the scriptures, through and through the Holy Spirit. But uh, sometimes we think, you know, God somehow, if God is good, and God is love, and God can do that, everything, then every everything should just be good. Well, you know, it was like that in paradise, and I think this is very immature thinking because we don't put number one the devil in the equation. And realize there's a real war, a spiritual war going on between God and Satan. We just leave that part out. And so then it all looks like God is being bad or God is being stubborn or God isn't hearing or doesn't care. And it really renders God, makes God look like he is really uh, an ogre, uh, un- untrustworthy. And so, and that's exactly what Satan wants us to see is that God is got all this power and he is supposed to be good. And how come he's letting all these bad things happen? Well, we have to understand the process here of how the world, the dynamic of the spiritual world is set up and is set up with us having a free will. So when God gave us a free will so we could freely love him or freely reject him, whichever we choose, because love has to be chosen, it can't be forced, then we oftentimes are be tempted by Satan uh, to, he, he sets something in front of us that looks good. It looks like it's something we want or need or to solve a problem. And we choose the lie. We, the, the, he says, um, uh, worthless and pr- unprofitable things, these lies are. But we choose them, and then we get the consequences of them, and then we get in trouble, and then we, we we're mad at God because we didn't realize the choice we made was set up, we were set up by the devil. And so we're wondering, well, if God is so good, then why is he letting all these bad things happen? But we made a choice. God had to permit it because we had a free will. And now we're mad at God because of the choice we made, and now we're upset with him for not delivering us. Now, this is the complication this is not what God means God, for it to be. God means for us to have a straightforward love relationship with him no matter what, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. The man who knows his God, it says in Daniel, will do exploits. The only ones who are really going to be able to stand in all of this mess and confusion and doubt and chaos and anxiety that's come in, and lies and treachery that's coming upon the earth are those who know that God is good, that God loves them, and he's got their back. He's got their front. He's got them. And these are the people who will not waver. They are the ones, like, like we, we read about Paul. 
Peter. Uh, they didn't waver. I mean, yeah, they were beat up a lot, but they just kept going because they trusted in God. And this is the, this is the model. This is the example of who we need to be. But for now, we have a lot of people who are very broken down because they, they don't get it. They don't understand why they're sick. They don't understand how to get an answer to prayer. And, and they think they have to try, if they have to do something, uh, earn somehow, earn that gift. Salvation, uh, healing, deliverance, um, uh, they're gifts. They're not something you can earn. You win a prize, but love is a gift. A gift is given, a prize is won. And th- we think we have to win God's, you know, convince God somehow to be nice to us, to love us, to give us what we need. And that is, that's exactly opposite of what it really is. God wants to give it to us already. And it's the problem is we are all hunkered down with lies in front of the door and we can't get out to receive the gift that God is bringing us. Well, what happens is that we all, you know, we're created in the likeness of image of God. We're, we're there to communicate with him, to commune with him. We are of the same nature, nature mm-hmm. not, you know, as, as God. So, so being created by God, we're made, we're designed to resonate with God. But what happens, Marjorie, is that, you know, even as little children or uh, as we or as we grow up and maybe we're exposed to certain kinds of Bible teaching or religion, That's right. religions of various kinds, we get a distorted Absolute concept of God of of who God is. It maybe it's through an experience. Maybe it's through oh yeah, say someone perceptions when they're a, a child. Um, well, absolutely. Uh, when they're a child, mm-hmm. they pray. Someone in the family is sick. They pray that they will be healed, and the person is dying. Uh-huh. The person dies, mm-hmm. or they pray that their parents won't get divorced, and they get and divorced. they get divorced, or they and, pray for a pony, and they never get a pony. And 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 that throws off uh, a young, their impressionable mm-hmm. mind of of God, and and that can that can be destructive and um, be there for the rest of their lives. Well, Satan knows that children are easily tricked, and dis- and and that's where the kidnappers go after the children. But but so we don't get all the the dynamics of the war between God and Satan. But ultimately, in in the first place, Satan is at war with God, and his he wants the world for himself, and God gave it to us. And Satan has somehow got to trick us, lie, bribe, threaten uh, to to steal it back from us to have it for himself. And well, yeah, and and another thing, you know, Genesis chapter three really is a whole capsule of this. Mm-hmm. And the effects of it are still here today. You know, Satan, disguised as a serpent, came to to Eve and said, hey. To offer her ha- something she didn't need. <laughs> something, yeah. She didn't need it, wouldn't but she it, thought she did. Wouldn't it be nice to know good and evil? Mm-hmm. So God originally did not want us to know evil. Right. But we got to know evil. And it's the idea was, you know, God is really not good. He's really keeping something from you. Yeah. He doesn't. He's jealous. He doesn't want you to be like him. So therefore, um, take your. You just go ahead. Do it on your own. Do, yeah. Do it trust, on your yeah. own. So you can't trust God because Satan put that doubt in her mind, in our minds. Is God really good? Is He really got our best interests in mind, or do we have to somehow, you know, be perfect before He gives us anything and and lets us um, have a, a good life? Actually, some of the best people and the most holy people have the, have the most difficult lives, and that is because Satan is buffeting them constantly. And you have to put the Satan in that equation, or it does, or it doesn't make sense. For example, I believe when Satan was was um, 
resisting God and the idea of making man because God wanted a family, and that's bottom line. God loves, and God had something he wanted to love, and that was us. And so he made us, and Satan was very upset at that point, and he said, what do you think you're doing? I will get them to hate you. I will get them to believe every bad thing that happens to them is because you, God, are mad at them because they somehow broke your law. So Satan gets us to break the law, whatever that is, and it's different in different countries and different religions and different eras. Satan makes up these silly laws. Um, Some of them are just absolutely bogus, but he gets us to believe that God ordained them, and then he gets Satan gets us to break them somehow through a circumstance or through a, a lack or a pressure or whatever. And or lies, some sort. We break them. And then he says, now God is mad at you because you didn't, you know, do this, this, and this in your religious rituals to make God happy. So now that's why this bad thing happens to you. So we're looking at all of the things that happened in our life. And we're trying to figure out why this happened and what I could have done different. And we're always analyzing things to try to figure out how to avoid this next time. But the problem is, there, next time it's going to be different, but it's always the same. It's always Satan setting God up to look bad to you so you don't come to God and trust him for your healing, trust him for anything because you're saying, well, I don't know because God's got this reputation. He's in and out and up and down and sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. You know, so we get this, this judgment we make against God and his faithfulness. So therefore, we're double-minded and we're doubtful or, or people, and confused. Right, or else people just say, well, forget it. You know, this idea about God. You know, they become skeptical. They they uh, reject the right, idea the of, God, of God, or mm-hmm. they're looking mm-hmm. at other things. Some people have seen what they uh, their view. I've met with a lot of people that have had a uh, been exposed to religion? Christian religion, <laughs> yeah. quote unquote, mm-hmm. and they realize that that isn't well, Jesus that said, isn't for them. So they're yeah. they're looking elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, to, to other other gods, other systems, other philosophies, yep. mm-hmm. and some of them are the craziest things. But, um, but finally, they say, "Well, I'll just do it myself. I'll do the best I can. Just I'll get just out of put, this. Put together my own, it, my, own works. my own religion, my, my own, own recipe own for my, yeah for righteousness. You know, my and, own truth. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? That just takes you around in a circle and it's very deceptive. But I, I understand why people are really confused about God because Satan wants it to be so. Because he's always making us look at the circumstances. He puts God in the corner. He puts us in the corner. And then he watches. Uh, he, he's, he manipulates things to get us to believe lies that we will then be as, uh, separated from God, alienated from God. It's like I was telling someone this, this story. It's like if you have a, a lover and uh, he goes off to war. So you're over here and he's over there. And all of a sudden somebody starts sending him letters about you or sending you letters about him that um, he's over there fighting and, and, you know, being noble and all that good stuff. But some jealous third party starts sending you letters like he's he's got a different girlfriend over there. He's sleeping around with prostitutes, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they're sowing a lie between the two of you. That's exactly what Satan does. He sows a lie in our relationship with God to make us believe God is not trustworthy. He's not mm-hmm. care, caring for us. He's He's, 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 you know, double-minded. He's uh, whatever. He's unfaithful to us or we're, or we're suffering because he's mad at us when, in fact, you're not suffering because God is mad at you. And this is another problem. People don't put the devil in the equation. So, so all the bad things that are happening, 
like people's houses burning down and people, you know, getting in bad car accidents and mountains falling on people and forest fires and all these things. We say it's the judgment of God. It's the judgment of God. It's, and then you go with the Job thing. Well, what did you do wrong, Job, to be to have this bad car accident happen to you? And so we examine, examine futility. It's, it's a waste of time to examine that because what happened to you is the devil went to God and says, let me test him. And God says, okay, but God is bottom line responsible to keep you through all these tests because you're not the one being tested first. You are the outcome of the test. God is being tested by Satan and saying, Isis saying, as he did with Job, I don't believe you can keep her. I think I can get her so discouraged that she'll just give up on you. She'll walk away. She'll never look at you again. He's, Satan has done that with this whole generation, with two, three generations back to back now that they don't trust God. They got to do their own thing, take their own lives into their own hands and, and their own matters because they cannot trust God. Because why? Because Satan has convinced them that they were bad and God is mad. And this is not even the deal at all. Uh, we do bad things. Don't get me wrong. We sin. Are we defined by what we do? Yeah, we define ourselves. Well, I'm a sinner because I sin. I am a liar because I tell lies. But is that who you really are? Where did you come from? Did you come from God? Yes. Does God lie? No. Does God sin? No. So where did you pick that up from then? You came here, pure, holy, made in the image of God. You get down on the earth. And then we start picking up all these lies and bad habits and accusations and and, and, and behaviors. And then we begin to define, our, define ourselves by the behaviors instead of by where we come from. Who are you? That's the number one. That's the number one challenge. Satan wants you to question, who am I? Am I loved? Am I worth it? Am I any good? You know, do I have to be perfect to be loved? <laughs> no, no, you don't have to be perfect to be loved as we ought to know from having our own children and being children ourselves. But Satan makes it all about being perfect in order to be loved or to be uh, accepted. God already knows everything about you. He already knows all the sins, the stumbles on the road, on the journey, and he still loves you. Well, the idea, too, is that for those that have a concept of God, that a that concept of sin, you know, that, yeah, we, we're sinning, we're missing the mark, we're, we're transgressing. Being tricked. We're being tricked. Yep. We're, 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 we're going that way. But then what do we do about that? So, so there, there's many, real, well, many, um, yeah, you admit it, but then there are whole uh, religious systems, right, by that, which I know that give you a formula to Judge. appease God. What, what what do we do to appease God? Well, they make us believe that I have to be perfect in order, to, or, I, or sinless, yeah, or, or perfect in order for God to love me or to be have good things happen to me. That is totally impossible. Because we're, we're constantly being lied to and tricked and set up and tempted to be afraid. So, and then there are you know, people that live the you know, ascetic lives. You know, they go up in a monastery somewhere or they— Those aren't practical. Uh, or they you know, uh, crawl. And there's places in, the, in, in, in some places of the world where people actually because, you know, crawl on their knees. Because up. they think they have to suffer or they have to be perfect in right. order for God to accept them. Their concept of God is religious, it's legalistic, and it's demonic. And it's, and it's, and it's in a sense, prideful, too, because there is a provision— the provision has been made by God through the sacrifice of Jesus yeah. for our sin. So there's, there's Whichever nothing Whichever walk of know. life you're in, if you're a, right. you know, a, monk, a monk in a monastery or if you're a milkmaid uh, you know, in a dairy farm, God has made a way for all of us to be known by him, to know him, to love him, to love our lives, to, to be fruitful in our lives. That's God's heart for us, to the be fruitful here. The provision has been made. Yeah. Jesus Christ has made the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, 
so that we can connect with God and and love Him and follow Him. He's made that made that possible for us. And so, the, the, what we can do, what do we do? Well, we print. We they, uh, they, on the day mm-hmm. of Pentecost, uh, they realized that you know that they had sinned, they had failed, but they realized that there was Jesus Christ. He said, "Men and brethren, what should we do?" He says, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ." And you shall be saved. Well, this is interesting because Satan is religious ways and they're very steeped and very uh, standard foundation in most of the churches of the world is that you can earn your salvation through religious penances and good works and you can earn it. You cannot earn it. We, we can't earn salvation. Salvation is a gift. Again, it's freely given. But if you believe the lie that you can earn it, then Satan can put all kinds of uh, per, uh, per, um, uh, methods or uh, uh, situations in your life to cause you to have to earn that salvation, to prove you're worthy, to prove you're good. Jesus is our righteousness. Yes. Your being right is not your righteousness. And then once you're free, uh, and, you, and here again, going back to the basics, Satan is trying to destroy the love relationship, the parent relationship, the, the good, holy relationship between us and God to destroy the love upon which the trust is built. You cannot trust in a God that you are halfway thinking is going to smack you in the next mm-hmm. 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Get That is a demonic concept. Jesus said this, you'll know the truth by its fruit. So if what you're doing, where you're attending, what you're uh, believing is producing anxiety and fear and separation and isolation and doubt and questions about God, that is not the fruit of heaven. That is the fruit of hell, and it's coming to you through the liars that have taken set up camp in your mind and in your heart and see that the bible says the heart is deceptive deceitful above all else has desperately wicked who can know it and the mind needs to be transformed so if you're using two corrupt instruments to try to figure out the truth you're never going to get the right answer just like if you have corrupt software or your calculator doesn't work right you're never going to be able to use those instruments to calculate to get a correct answer to whatever it is your the the numbers the data the information you're putting in and so God says, don't use the soul. Don't walk in the flesh. The flesh is the soul and the body connected. Use the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's the spirit? The spirit is that part of us that knows the truth. You know, he says, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man, of the man which is in him. But God has revealed those things to us by his spirit that we might know. So God wants to reveal the truth of his spirit to our spirit. Our spirit is the receptor site for the download of the revelation of God's truth. And that's given to us through the Spirit. And if people say, well, then your mind says, well, you can't know anything for sure. Yet your mind can't because all it can do is think. But in your spirit, you can know that you know what you know, and you don't think about it. You don't feel it. You don't try to figure it out. You just know it. You know it by revelation. God reveals it to you. And this is what it is. You know, it's not through education. I mean, learning theology. about learning about different things can be very good, or it can be not so good. But what comes? Paul talked about. He says, "I got this gospel by the revelation of Jesus Christ." So, uh, Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, mm-hmm. what breaks through? these mindsets is knowing is is yeah the the word of god but you know the thing is you can you can read even the the word of god is is a revelation of who god is but it has to be interpreted by the holy spirit the whole and you have to because Mm -hmm. you can come up with a wrong concept of god by reading the bible yeah 
And, but, and but, Satan does but, that all the but time. But the Spirit of God, if your heart is open and willing and you listen, the Spirit of God will give you the the correct revelation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In other words, God God shows you. Revelation is simply God just shows you. Your eyes are open. The lights go on, and it's and it's transforming. Right. It, it, well, here's the lives. here's the deal. The the word of God is it's a, a mystery, and it can only be um, interpreted and discovered by the, the Holy through the Holy Spirit. The author, and, and we also yeah the author, but we also have to realize that God is a God that has emotions. We don't think about, we just think of God as like a stick in the sky. He doesn't ever, he's not ever moved with compassion. He's never moved with frustration. He's never moved with rejection. He's like, but we have to look at it like a parent who's parenting, you know, maybe he's got 12 kids. Let's just say this dad's got 12 kids and they're all different. And some of them trust him. Some of them don't. Some of them obey. Some of them don't. And from time to time, he's got to deal with the naughty ones to set them straight, to correct their course so that they will be uh, successful in completing um, their manhood or their or their destiny. And so, but here I'm thinking of this is in Numbers chapter, uh, let's see, 14, verse 11. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people reject me? And how long will they believe not believe me with all the signs I perform for them? Now, isn't this something when, you know, we, we always think it's about me, my feelings, my emotions, feel, feel, feel. Is God with me? I don't know. Is he, it, stop it. Just realize that, you know, God is being set up every day by Satan who attempts to put him in a corner to bring him to the place where we will judge God. You're not fair. You're not faithful. You're not good. And, and Satan is actually testing us to test God. And, 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 and Moses even has said, Lord, you know, um, don't destroy this people because what are you going to look like? And we understand from little snippets like this that God has a heart, has an emotion. He loves us. He loved us. He laid his life down. He forgave us when we were cursing him on the cross. Um, you know, be like him and you'll be fine. If we be, instead of being all about what we think or how we, we, we perceive God is, is a, if it's a wrong concept of God, you're going to have wrong answers and troubles in your life. Um, there are coming more healings, more miracles, more instant um, deliverances are coming because God is going to, in his great mercy, in his great abundant uh, benevolence and kindness and understanding, knowing that we are up against demons and, and Satan that is way more clever than we are, um, God in his mercy is providing grace and ways of escape and miracles, um, and you don't have to be perfect to get a miracle but God wants us to, to come out of the place of fear and anxiety and walk with confidence in knowing that we can trust him. This is what it's all about. Can you trust God? You realize that if you trust God, then you know that he is good and that he will never leave us or forsake us and that he keeps his word and he cannot lie. It, then it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what Satan makes you feel like because you already know that you know the truth that God will never leave you, forsake you. God will not fail. God will keep his promises. Everything he said in the word is true. You can trust him even though you don't feel like it. And in that place where you begin to know that God is good, then you also know that God loves you. And once you start knowing that God loves you, that's where healing comes from. That's where deliverance comes from. Um, It's amazing. The love of God heals us. He loves us, but we have to, that love has got to somehow come to us or we have to realize it in order to um, respond to the love of God. And Satan is doing everything he can to cut God off 
from any uh, love reactions or responses to him from us um, and, and to keep God uh, from knowing that we love him and keep us from knowing God loves us. So the onslaught of ego in our world right now it seems like it's exponential. It just it keeps, keep, keeps coming from every side, every angle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, okay, what's next? And it's like every day there's things that come to us that shock us but really don't even shock us anymore. But in the midst of all this, we we have our trust and our refuge is in the Lord. I mean, his his word is the what really sustains us. It's not it's not it's, the, not, yeah. it's not the word of the mainstream media or even the conservative media. It's it's the word of the Lord that we go by, knowing that's our rock. He is our rock. He is our refuge. He is our deliverer in the midst of all this. So it's a matter of trusting. And and in the midst of all this, as you alluded to, Marjorie, just a moment ago, there are there are miracles of God's healing, miracles of God's deliverance, miracles of God's transforming power in the lives of people that are happening. They're happening worldwide. Mm-hmm. They're going to be happening more and more. Even, even to the unworthy, even yeah. to the unbelievers, because God is no well, respecter of persons. We're all unworthy. Well, yes, I'm, know, I'm, in, in yeah, a sense. I, but but yeah, you know, like I said, it it just God is being God. God is just breaking in, and He's going to do what only He can do. Well, this in the midst of all, yeah, this. and that's good. But how do we control or contain a God that we don't know what He's going to do? But here's the deal. There are several things we need to understand if we're going to render or deal with the question of if God is so good, then why do all these bad things happen or why is all this bad stuff still happening to me? We have to realize, number one, that we approach this as children oftentimes very legalistically, very literally, uh, very linearly without being able to uh, understand or incorporate the concepts of, of God's emotions, the devil in the equation. The second thing we need to do is put the devil in the equation that his his vendetta against God, his hatred of God is absolutely real. And that is what we are all, we're all feeling the wrath, the heat, the hatred of his hatred for God. Mm -hmm. So when we have to resolve this, this question, we have to have the right equation. We have to also put the enemy in there as for what he's doing. He's the arch enemy, evil, uh, Satan, hater of God, the source of all wickedness. Um, and then we have to remember Satan's objective is to break the relationship between us and God through lying, supplanting, bribing, pressuring. There are two points on that relationship. The one is God, the one is us on the other end. So he's trying to get us to believe God is bad or that we are unworthy of God's love. So he's, he's after the relationship. He does not want God to have the one thing that God wants, and that is a relationship with us that's good, and He and he, we know his goodness, and we enjoy his His goodness and faithfulness. Um so then, then, so the point is, Satan is trying to keep us from knowing the love and truth about God, and sets up all kinds of circumstances, and then gives us the perceptions of them. He projects them, and then he he causes us to perceive them incorrectly, and so we're constantly in this um, this tangle of confusion. Um, th- then to keep us number number four from knowing the love of God, that God is faithful, that God is also in this with us, that God has defeated the enemy, that we are victorious, and it's not based on our goodness; it's based on God's goodness. It's not something we can earn. Salvation it can't be earned. Gifts of healing, gifts of deliverance cannot be earned. 
prizes are won, gifts are given, and this is about the love of God and and God's compassion for us. And and you know, even in the in the New Testament, people came to God for certain things, Jesus for certain things. He resisted them a little bit until they they were able to present their case, like the woman whose daughter was at home sorely vexed with a demon. And she said, but even the children eat the breads, the crumbs that fall from the, from the table of the children, even the, even the little dogs. She says, I'll be a little dog. Just give me a crumb. That's all I need. And he was impressed with her wisdom, actually. And he gave her what she asked for. And also to know that the curse without a cause does not come. There are stuff, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that is causing people to not know how to make sense of what's going on. And when they can't make sense of it and they go to their religious leaders and teachers and they won't, can't give them the answers, then they sit down in their despair. Um, so how do you process these questions of God's goodness with your, and can you do that? Can your mind, your soul, your heart actually process these questions or does, do we need to discard the that soul software that body body of death operating software that programming of satan which he's he's had such he's programmed us all our lives with everything from tv and programs and television and 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 movies and 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 opinions and okay he has had all this time to program us but the holy spirit maintains the truth within us and part of what we need to do once we realize we've been had or tricked or lied to is to repent Repent, like Jeremiah chapter 16, he says, um, verse 19, O Lord, my strength and my fortress, my my refuge in the day of affliction. Um, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, worthless and unprofitable things. They make gods for themselves. In other words, they practice witchcraft. They practice taking matters into their own hands. And this obviously always gets us in trouble. Well, part of the way God demonstrates his love, you know, God demonstrates his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So in our world right now, who who is going to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ? That's going to be through those who love him and follow him. And know they're loved by him. And know they're loved by him mm-hmm. because showing tangible love, mm-hmm. compassion, wisdom, bringing the truth, even though sometimes... Paul says to one of the churches, he said, the more I love, the less I be loved. So, And then he says, so, uh, do I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Because I tell you the <laughs> truth. And sometimes people, you know, don't want part of <laughs> communicating the love of God is bringing the truth, but not everybody's going to welcome the yeah. truth. So we're in very complicated times and Satan is trying to make them more complicated, make your life more discouraged, make you more anxious. Um, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, knowing that God is good, that God loves you, and you don't have to pl- beg him. You don't have to plead your case. You don't have to prove you're worthy. You you just say, Father, you know, this is the devil's hurting me. This is not right. You you, you aren't for what's wrong. And, and if there's some judgments Satan has hanging out against me through his demonic judgments, for example, I was telling you a little earlier about all these things that happen, the bad things, the fires, the volcanoes, people getting car accidents and stuff. This is Satan working his demonic judgment against you. And this is a whole nother show, but um, talking about he's, he's bringing a judgment against you because he can. Why? Because there's sins and iniquities that he has found undealt with in your bloodline, for example. Even though you're saved, Satan is still d- digging for dirt. He's still trying to bring something to, before the court of heaven to accuse you, although you have been forgiven. Absolutely. But if you don't know you've been forgiven, 
and you then you try to defend yourself in court or believe you have to defend yourself in order to win your case. When Jesus Christ has already won your case, then you're already tricked into getting upset and getting anxious and, and wondering where God is. When God has already been there, is there, and has been there before you. So we need to, what, what is the best approach to this is to love God by thanking him, becoming thankful, cut the murmuring, cut the com- complaining, and thank God, rejoice in his goodness, rejoice in the beauty of his creation, rejoice in the things as God has left himself, his, uh, his fingerprints all over everything, over the flowers, over the trees, over the birds, over the water. God is good. Keep that in your heart and, and that will sustain you to the, until we get to meet him and get to live where things are always good. In Psalm 100, it says, the Lord is good. Uh, his mercy, mercy endures, endures forever, forever. Mm-hmm. and his truth endures to all generations. And so as you meditate on the word of mm-hmm. God, the scriptures, the, let the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible says that when Samuel was a little boy, the prophet Samuel, God revealed himself to Samuel, this little young boy, by the word of the Lord. So let the word mm-hmm. of the Lord that the Spirit of God makes real to you, it will show you, the Spirit of God will show you, yes, the severity of God, but it will also show you the goodness of God, Mm -hmm. the greatness of God, the love of God, the power of God, Mm -hmm. the the joy of God, Mm -hmm. the the beauty of simply Mm -hmm. knowing Him and that you are loved. So, Lord God, we thank you so much today. For the your love, of that, your love, yeah, that your love, is, and it's not mushy gushy kind of love. It's sacrificial love that you gave it's your solid, life for yes, us. Lord. It's solid. It's dependable. It's true. It's real. We love you, Jesus. Not the false love of the world, which is just fickle. But your mm-hmm. love is solid, based on truth, mm-hmm. based on the fact that you created us and that you've sent. Jesus your Christ, mm-hmm. your only Son, to redeem us. And that we'll be with you soon again, life. forever. You'll reunite, reunite us with you, Lord God. So today I pray, pray that you would reveal yourself to your Son, your life, your love, to those who are hurting, those who need healings, those who are skeptical, those who are afraid, those who are confused about why you aren't good, why you didn't answer their prayers. I pray that you would meet them, minister to them. Uh, you don't need an invitation. We ask you to do it, Lord God. Yes. By the power of your love and your Holy Spirit, bless our day. May it be filled with uh, praise to you, Lord God, and your blessings upon us in Jesus' name. And check out liferecovery.com. Amen. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.